0: energy talk. I'm Rachel Johnson, the CEO here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative. And today we are talking about Cherryland's 2023 kind of end of year financial forecast, but more specifically about capital credits and what this means for how we're going to handle capital credits this year. When you get your power from Cherryland, you get more than just clean, affordable, reliable electricity, you also get access to all of the benefits of co-op membership, including patronage capital, which is your share of the cooperative's margins at the end of the year, also known as capital credits. Since 2009, Cherryland has returned about $31.5 million in capital credits to our members. However, this year, our board made the very difficult decision not to return any capital credits. And so we thought it made sense to kind of just take some time in this podcast and explain why and what goes into that decision so that you can kind understand what it means for the co-op and also what it looks like going forward. And joining me today to discuss capital credit retirements is Cherryland's CFO, Mark Wilson. Thank you for joining me, Mark.
1: Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I know. And we were just talking about this. I think this is your first time is, on the podcast, but you've been time. at Cherry Lamb for how many years? Uh,
1: almost 18 years.
0: Okay. So it took him 18 years to get a seat <laughs> on the pack. No, I'm just kidding. No. So Mark's been helping kind of guide the financials of the co-op for um, you know almost yep. two decades. So certainly an incredibly knowledgeable person to help us talk through all of this. So to kick us off, let's Let's talk through how capital credits work, because I think a lot of people who aren't super familiar with co-ops don't understand it. So why don't you walk us through that life cycle of a capital credit, that kind of difference between allocation and retirement?
1: Sure. When I look at capital credits, I look at them as really two parts. There is the allocation of the excess margins, which you talked about, and that happens on an annual basis. So after we have finished our Fiscal year end, and we have our final audited financial numbers. That's when the allocation takes place to the membership. And there's two components of that allocation there's the Cherryland portion, which is the excess net operating margins that Cherryland generates from its core business. And then there's the allocation that we receive from Wolverine Power Cooperative, our, our G&T, on their excess margins that they generate and our proportionate share for those margins as well. Those generally show up on your bill as a bill notice, if you will, in uh, either June or July uh, every year.
0: So in June or July of 2024, for example, it will show 2023's allocation. So this most recent June or July would have been 2022's allocation. That is correct, yes. That makes sense.
1: And then the second component is the actual retirement of those capital credits. And this is really a board decision um, based on where we sit financially at the time. And the, it's usually based on what management recommends for the actual retirement to take place for that given year. Mm-hmm. And it's usually an actual dollar amount that uh, the, the board chooses to retire. What happens is that 75% of that dollar amount goes to the oldest unretired year that's still on the books for, uh, for the cooperative. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, for Cherryland, that's 2004.
0: So everything that we had allocated prior to tw- 2004 has been retired. Correct. But we still have allocated margins from 2004 that we've not yet retired. And not had, fully. And had, had we done a capital credit retirement this year, 75% of that, whatever that dollar amount was, would have gone
1: to, to the helping to retire those. Stuff. Yep. That's correct. Okay. And then 25% goes to the most recent year. So if we were to have done a retirement in 2023, that would have been to the 2022 allocation. And what's
0: cool about that breakdown of 75 and 25 is it allows us to kind of share our, our margins, if you will, with both our, our oldest capital, capital credits we haven't retired, but also with some of our newer members who may be just getting to know Correct. the cooperative and kind of understand yep. this core part of right. being a member of a cooperative. Those retirements generally will show up for members in December. So if you are a current member, you would receive that as a credit on your bill. And if you are no longer a current member, so let's say you were a member in 2004 and you now are, you know, off with a lesser utility, obviously, <laughs> uh, then you would receive that in a che- in the form of a check to uh, whatever address we have on file for you. Which is why we always tell people make sure to keep your contact information updated, even when you're no longer uh, an active member That's here, correct. because you might still have um, un- unretired but allocated capital credits. Yes. So let's kind of talk through how this, I think it's baffling for people to hear that we still have unretired capital credits from 2004. So I think it might be helpful if we just take a second and talk through how holding on to that retirement for a while benefits the entire membership and what we use those dollars for. Because what it essentially is, is it's a a zero interest loan to the co-op from the membership at that time that we then use to invest in the system.
1: That's correct. Yes. Uh what that does is it helps us control our own debt service costs that we have uh, with our outside lenders, and it helps keep our rates lower for all the membership. And like you indicated, it's it's a capital investment for maintaining our poles and wires and uh, our system. And we're very proud of the fact that our reliability is ninety nine point nine nine percent, but that takes a lot of effort and a lot of money mm-hmm. to to maintain that level. Just for example, our our right-of-way maintenance budget alone for 2023, as amended, is about $2.5 million. Mm -hmm. So that's a big chunk of money that we allocate for just maintaining the system. That doesn't include any system upgrades that we do, Mm -hmm. uh, which we budget for roughly about $7 million every year to maintain our 3,000 miles of line and upgrade those 3,000 miles of line. You know this co-op started in 1938, so there's some old stuff that's still out there uh, that uh, we have to maintain and, and upgrade, and we do an excellent job of that.
0: Yeah, and we've been very, um, I think, aggressive is actually a fair way of describing it. Aggressive with our approach to investing in our system. I mean, you mentioned right of way, our tree trimming. We're on a six six year tree trimming cycle, whereas most utilities across the country might be ten or even twelve years before they're getting back to a circuit and retrimming trees. But the advantage to our members of that approach is that it has allowed us to have literally state and industry leading reliability numbers where people come to us other utilities come to us and say what are you doing and how do how do we get to where you're at and it's because we make those investments but as you pointed out they're costly so talk through what capital credits do in terms of our debt service and kind of where what what would it look like if we were just borrowing all that money and every single year we retired 100% of the capital credits that we had
1: well, our current debt level on a long-term basis is in excess of about $62 million. So if we were to totally retire capital credits annually every year, in order to fund that, we'd have to borrow money to do that. Mm-hmm. And borrowing from the membership, if you will, at 0%, as you indicated, helps defray additional borrowing costs, helps to keep rates down, and... Um, and allows us to really operate the co-op in the most efficient manner that we can. Mm -hmm. And, for example, right now our blended interest rate on all of our long-term debt is about Mm 4.3%. So if we were to borrow money at today's market, which is in excess of 6%, if not higher, that additional cost to the membership for one year would be an extra six to $700,000 of additional expense. Uh, so it's a huge number. And so a lot of factors go into the decision to whether or not we retire capital credits or whether or not um, we take a pause for a year.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I and I, I just want to put a really fine point on something you said because I think it's so important. What we're doing as an organization is balancing two different things. And one is a, a desire to keep our rates as affordable as possible and recognizing that interest is one of our big expenses. And this is a way to balance that expense and keep the day-to-day rates that people pay on their bills a little lower. At the same time, we also recognize we can't hold on to people's money forever. And that's why we have consistently retired capital credits. We're committed to consistently retiring capital credits. We don't don't view it as an indefinite loan. It simply uh, allows us to to keep that that balance of what are we collecting in our rates right now versus how are we offsetting costs with how we do this margin allocation and retirement at the end of every single year. So this year, you know, after basically 14 years, we made the recommendation to the board not to retire capital credits. And I just kind of want to talk through that because it is is different than what we've done over the last few years. Let's start by uh, just, and I've for my loyal listeners you've heard this on so many board meeting briefs now that it's probably no longer good or fun or new news the weather has not been our friend this year uh, the, it's been so mild we had a really mild winter we had a really pretty mild summer a few hot you know a day or two here but not consistent heat right? then we moved into fall we The first parts of September were cold and rainy. We got one more week of heat, and now we're back to kind of boring cold and rainy, but not super cold. So what happens is people aren't using their air conditioners or their fans and their heating as much as what we've seen in a normal year. Talk about what that has meant for our sales.
1: Yeah, I hate to use the term perfect storm in (laughs) an electric uh, co-op utility industry, but that's kind of the situation that we face this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Our weather has not been cooperating for us, uh, for our industry. And it's not just us alone. I mean, you talk to every other co-op in the state of Michigan, and and they're in the same situation we are. Uh, Our energy sales are down about 5.5% from where they were a year ago through September. You add the inflationary pressures that we're seeing and everybody's seeing, Mm -hmm. and the interest rates rising and interest costs being higher, we're in a very tough position this year. Mm -hmm. the point that we are forecasting that our net operating margins will be negative, uh, probably in excess of a million Mm dollars. So what that means on your allocation for 2023 from the Cherryland margin perspective is that it will be zero. Mm -hmm. There will still be an allocation from Wolverine because they're forecasting positive margins for 2023, but Cherryland is not. So the allocation that you will likely see on your on your bill next summer for 2023 from Cherryland will not show anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll just be a, a line item allocation only from Wolverine for margins.
0: So we have this dynamic of our sales are down. We're also really trying very hard to manage all of these cost pressures and inflationary pressures from both interest rates, labor costs, supply chain costs. There's no the cost of nothing has it's gone everything. down. The cost of everything has gone right. up. So we we know that we're going to have to tackle that with rates. But for this year, we also kind of looked at it. And when we were thinking through what we would do with capital credit retirements, looking at our equity position, looking at cash flow, it was very, very evident that it would be irresponsible to fund a capital credit retirement this year, because we would have had to do all of that through some sort of uh, a debt somewhere, right? Like whether it's a short-term or long-term borrowing, we were still going to have to fund it through debt at high interest rates in a year when we're already going to end the year with negative net operating margins.
1: And in addition to that, uh, in the past several years, we've received a fairly substantial retirement from from Wolverine uh, from their margins. And Wolverine has made the decision based on their financial metrics that they're taking a pause on retirement and capital credits as well. So we will not be receiving any retirement funds from Wolverine, probably for the next three years. Mm -hmm. So if we were to do a retirement, we'd have to borrow money to fund that. Mm -hmm. And in the financial situation we're in for this current year, it just did not make a whole lot of sense to do that.
0: So it's the right decision. It's a it's a really prudent I think approach to managing this all of these dynamics we've just described. But we also recognize that we're going to go back to retiring capital credits. So this is a this is not a long-term thing. This Great. is a short-term thing. Kind of thing. a one-off. It's a, yep, that we're looking at as a one-off. So let's kind of talk through uh, the plans that you and I have been discussing and that we've been discussing as a senior team with our board on how we're going to get back to healthy margins and back to retiring capital credits and just kind of come up with a long-term strategy for how to manage all these pressures so that we're not having to, you know, at the end of, we don't want to end multiple years with negative operating margins. That's not a good plan. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so let's let's kind of talk through some of the things we're doing. One, um, he's not here to discuss it with us, but our engineering and operations manager, Frank Zipker, is in the process of finalizing a five-year work plan. That is something we do consistently. Every five years. Every five years. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we call it that. But what that gives us is a really solid and shared understanding of all of our capital investments over over the next five years.
1: Correct, it's a forecast of, of what we anticipate in system upgrades yep. um, throughout our entire service territory for the next five years.
0: So then once we have that in hand, which we're gonna have by the end of the year, talk about what your team does next in, in terms of saying, okay, well, here's what we wanna do.
1: Well, we'll take that data and we'll do a, a financial forecast and we factor in a lot of different assumptions into, into that forecast. The plant upgrades is the biggest uh, because that impacts pretty much everything that we intend to do going forward and how we're gonna fund that. Uh, And the forecast calculates that for us. Uh, We set up certain targets and metrics that we wanna achieve, and the forecast will calculate what our revenue requirements will need to be for us to hit those targets. Mm -hmm. And it will indicate to us if we need to do a rate increase and when Mm -hmm. and and the frequency of that rate increase so we're going to go into this uh after we get the update from frank on the five-year work plan we'll have a pretty good idea as to where we think 2023 will end up at that point we'll at that point probably already have our 2024 budget completed and so we're going to hit the ground running with good data And so what we will do is develop that forecast, and that forecast will tell us. It's really a 10-year forecast, but once you get out past three or four years, it's kind of meaningless data at that point because things change all the time. Uh, But it'll tell us exactly the approach that we need to take to get us back on the right footing.
0: So the thing that I really like about the timing of all of this is that we, the last time we did a five year work plan, we were in a very different environment than we are now. And now we had, to your point, we have better data and I think probably more realistic assumptions about what our costs are gonna be long term to continue to make the system investments we have to make. Cause all of this is ultimately about delivering on our promise of reliability to our members, right? Like they count on us to keep the lights on and the cost of doing that has changed, but we're not gonna back off of keeping the lights on. We're gonna figure out how to plan long term for those costs. And this puts us in a good position to start doing that Next year, with the with the forecasting that your team is going to do, and then looking and saying, here's how much revenue we're going to need over the co- next few years here's the gap between what our current rates can do and where we need to be to continue to be healthy and investing in our system. And so for those of you listening at home, just know we're going to continue to share that with you. We, we want to be as transparent as possible about those processes and the insights we're getting to give you long as much long-term certainty as we can about where your rates are heading for us to continue to invest in our system. Anything else on that before we... before we?
1: Yeah, we're not going to change our approach to how we operate our business. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue to invest in the system that we always have mm-hmm. over the last several years, long before I even got here, uh, and just really manage the business as it needs to be managed. Yep. And uh, that's not going to change.
0: Yeah, and I and I, thank you for saying that because I think that um, sometimes people say, well, why don't you just – you know, whatever – pull back on your system maintenance for a year or two. That bill always comes due. And it comes due in the form of major outages that impact the businesses and homes we serve. And those are very, very costly to restore as well. So that, that bill will always come, come due. And I, and, and I think the thing that we all remain committed to is we are we, this co-op has been in business for 85 years and we're running it as a business that's gonna exist 85 years from now. So always having that kind of long-term focus on the investments we make today benefit today's members and tomorrow's members in the form of reliable electricity which is is necessary Correct. so yeah thank you for saying that so that's kind of where we're at. I have to say, Mark, I can't believe we've never had you on the podcast before because you're such a good podcast guest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you, could have a, you could have a little side jam in podcasting. Uh, but uh, you, if you have more questions about this, don't hesitate to reach out to me. But also Mark and I both have a column in the November-December issue of Country Lines talking through this. I kind of talk a little bit about the current financial status of the co-op and what we're doing next year. Mark talks a little bit more about how capital credits work and kind of what goes into the decisions surrounding capital credits. So be sure to check that out. I think lots of good information. Information there. And uh, stay tuned over the next year as we work through some of these and come up with some long-range planning. Thank you again for joining me, Mark.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Join us next time for more Co-op Energy Talk.